Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and I'm so excited about today's guest. Her energy is infectious. We've been talking even before we hit record here today, and I'll tell you what, if you're at a job that you particularly don't like, or if it is one that you like and you've always been wondering, how do I turn my career into a business? Well, today's guest is an incredible example of how to do exactly that. And if you already are running a business, we're gonna talk about some niche successes and strategies that you can probably apply to your own business. So let me tell you about today's guest. Her name is Heather Wilson. Heather is a former bedside nurse turned nurse entrepreneur. Such a cool story. In 2000, she began her nursing career working on a vascular thoracic surgical unit. It was there that she saw the lack of proper routine foot care services available for our aging population. Bearing witness to this gap within the healthcare system, she set out to create a nursing company that filled this void. Since 2011, she has been providing seniors the foot care services they deserve through her company, Everyday Divinity. Realizing the need for senior foot care extended beyond her community, Heather launched a sister company in 2021, the Foot and Nail Institute. This online course teaches a community of nurses nationally how to launch their own senior foot care business while giving them the freedom business ownership, the freedom that business ownership brings. We're all going to learn so much from Heather here today. I'm not going to say anything else. Let's dive straight into my interview with Heather Wilson. Heather, there's so much we're going to dive into today. I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. So thank you for having me as a guest. I'm excited to get into the details of all of this. Heck yeah. And I'm sure so much of it is going to be not only your story, but also those strategies, because I think it's such a cool transition that you made. Listeners always love hearing it from the guests themselves. I obviously told them a little bit about your bio, but give us the short version of your story. How did you end up doing all this stuff from your days as a nurse? So I think that, you know, overall, I probably was always the kind of person that questioned things and kind of pushed the envelope in certain areas. Now that I kind of look back at uh, the transitions that I've taken in my career path. Um, And so this was, you know, one of those areas that I was, you know, a nurse, like many nurses, we go to school and, you know, we get out, we start working. And I started to see the changes that were coming into the healthcare system. And I found that those changes were really not sitting well with my soul anymore. Um, You know, as nurses, I think that we really pride ourselves on the autonomy that we can deliver as a healthcare provider. And through the healthcare changes that were taking place, a lot of that autonomy was being stripped away. So for me personally, I felt like this was going down a path that I was no longer um, really serving my soul as a nurse. And one of the things that I loved about nursing was the relationship that I had with patients. And so when we came out with the um, computer charting system, that was a huge barrier of our communication with our patients. Um, I did not like that. And so that really is one of the things that filled me up as a nurse was that communication with our patients. And I remember thinking, how can I get back to a place where I could get in front of the patients and have a conversation and basically get paid to have a conversation with these patients? And I couldn't really figure it out back then, but 
what ended up happening was I saw that there was this process where, you know, in our hospital unit, we would always be told, you know, as in many hospitals, they tell the nurses, don't touch the feet, don't cut the toenails. We're not allowed to do that. So we would always consult podiatry to come over and provide the service. But what was happening was that insurance restrictions had put so much red tape and so many restrictions on the podiatrist that they were no longer providing the service. So what was going on was we were doing these consults, they weren't coming over. And I remember having a conversation one night with a podiatrist and I said, why are we no longer allowed to provide these services? You know, we're not taught this in school. And he says, I don't know. I don't know why you guys can't do this. I really wish nurses would do it though. He goes, because we make no money on this and you know, we're not allowed to um, defer these services over to you guys. And I think that that's wrong. And so I came home, started researching and found that there was this whole industry called foot care nursing in Canada. And I thought, why can't we bring that here to America to fill this gap that is taking place in our country with our senior community? A lot of our seniors, as they get older, they are no longer able to reach their feet. They can't provide the service for themselves. It's an you know activity of daily living type of service, but yet our, our senior members cannot provide that service for themselves. Um, so what I ended up doing was I built a business independently on my own. Of course, everyone told me, no, you can't do that. I did it anyway. I built this independent business on my own and I built it as a private pay business model. And of course, everybody told me why that would not work. Uh, because I think that here in America, we're so used to everything being insurance compensated and, you know, we're just used to billing in the insurance for services. So this was back in 2010, I started building this company. And I launched in 2011, and it was for that very reason that these patients actually loved the service. They had no hidden fees. They weren't getting any questionable follow-up bills. It was transparency medicine at its finest. I provide a service. You know, we sit and chat for 20 to 30 minutes. You pay me, and you go home. There's not going to be any questionable bills. There's not going to be any things for you to figure out. You don't have to worry about insurance um, deductibles. You don't have to worry about insurance reimbursement, denials, anything like that. And so the patients and that market really absolutely gravitated towards this service. And so what I realized was that I was getting calls from different states. People were looking for foot care nurses within their state. And so I thought we really, um, you know, even though I filled the marketplace here in my community of Ohio, I really found that we needed to go further than that. And the way to do that was to build and launch a program that would train nurses nationally to be able to provide senior foot care services within their communities um, as independent providers as well. And so it's really kind of been, um, it's really been really a great transition for me to go from the bedside nurse to, you know, walking into this entrepreneurship as a self solo entrepreneur, then transitioning that into the skill sets that I've used in my own business to teach nurses how to thrive and grow within their own business as well as becoming senior foot care providers. Yeah, Heather, so much in there that I want to dive deeper into. <laughs> Chief among them is, is you kind of got to it towards the end of that answer there, which is, I think it's a fascinating transition going from a nurse where you are a practitioner to as an entrepreneur, obviously you are still continuing to be a nurse and you are still a practitioner, 
but you had to wear all these other hats as well. You had to be the marketer. You had to be the salesperson. You had to be the accounting department, making sure you actually get paid. You had to wear all these other hats. And I bet that that's only one of probably a million reasons why outsiders would have said, Heather, you can't do this. This is a crazy idea. Walk us through the beginning days. I find that listeners in particular, they always love those stories of like your first customer or maybe a funny story from the beginning when you went about getting your customers. Because not only all of that that I just said, but it's also a radically different business model. I love the the cash. As an entrepreneur, gosh, do I love transparency in healthcare. That is so important. So it's a different business model. You're becoming an entrepreneur. Walk us through those early days. So when I first started out, it was interesting because, you know, there's a lot of questioning because you are getting doubt from everyone, um, you know, and you're going to get the limited thoughts from people who are going to tell you why it's not going to work. And what I held true to was that, you know, something I learned early on was that a lot of those doubts come from those people's internal views of themselves with their own limitations. You have to push beyond that. Um, You have to get to a place where, you know, even if I failed, I was like, I at least tried it. It would be better off failing than not to do it at all and always wonder what if. And I think that this is so true in so many different arenas in healthcare. There are so many solutions that can be created, you know, but a lot of times when we start talking to our colleagues that we're working with or our friends or our family, you know, they bring up all of those doubts. Well, it's not going to work because of this. And how would you do that? And what, you know, you're going to make the podiatrist mad. I got that one a lot. Um, And honestly, I didn't. A lot of them wanted our services. And so it's interesting because you really have to ignore the noise and the noise is there constantly. Um, Even this many years in, I still have noise that I have to ignore. And so you have to ignore that noise. You have to know what is your why and hold true to that anchor of why you're doing what you're doing. And my why was even if I can't convince my colleagues that this service was necessary, I knew that the senior community. I'd already talked with them about it, like at the bedside, I would kind of, you know, bring it up in discussion. I was doing my own market research, you know, nobody knew it at the hospital, but this is what I would do. I talked to patients about, you know, their nails and who's cutting them. And they all got it right away. As soon as I would say, I was thinking about starting this business, you know, what's your thoughts on it? They were not a hard sell at all. They were like, yes, please, we need the service. So my market research already at the bedside had taught me, yes, this is something that we need to bring into the market. We need to build a business to fill that gap. And so I tell people, you know, whether it's foot care or whatever it is, there's so many different businesses that are out there that I think are brewing in people's heads and they think about it, but they kind of doubt it because once they start talking about it with friends and family and colleagues, you know, they get the doubters and the naysayers and they're like, oh, it probably wouldn't work anyway. You're right. But it's always there. That seed has been planted. It is always there inside of them. And I tell people that they have to push through the noise and it has been planted inside of you. That is your seed. That's the seed that, you know, God gave you and you're supposed to take that and go with it. Um, And so just push beyond the noise and start, you know, doing that. And I remember when I first started um, kicking around the idea of this, I was actually getting married and we were going to Vegas for our wedding. And I was in a salon getting my nails done. 
I had acrylic nails, and I know it's a big no-no for nurses nowadays, but back then it wasn't. And so I had these acrylic nails, and I'm getting them done, and this little lady comes in, and she's trying to get up into the pedicure chair. And the pedicure chairs were, like, big and bulky, and they're hard to get into. Even as, you know, a young person back then, you kind of had to, you know, if you're short like me, <laughs> you had to hop up and get into them. And I remember a little lady came in, and she's trying to get in the chair, and her family's trying to help her. And I remember looking, and the girl that was doing my nails I knew for many years and she goes, do you want to go help her? And I said, yes, because I just saw the fall risk happening and the ambulance coming. I just saw where it was going to go. And so I went over, I helped her get up there and she goes, I don't want all this. I'm in scrubs, mind you. So I'm in scrubs. And she goes, I don't want all this. I just want someone to cut my nails. And she grabs my arm and she goes, can't you do something for me? And I was like, oh, geez, <laughs> if you only knew <laughs> in my head, I'm like, here I am you know, two days before I'm flying off to Vegas and I have this idea in my head and I'm like, okay, all right. And that was kind of the seal for me. I was like, yes. And I said, yes, I will do something for you, but not today. I said, just give me time. Um, you were obviously sent for a reason. And so it was kind of funny because I looked at it like, really, we're going to do this today. But it was kind of the thing that I drove home that day. And I thought, you have to do this. Like there are so many people out there that are like her, um, that just want a simple service provided for them. And they don't want all the fluff. They don't want the, the hot water and they don't want the scrubs and they don't want all that. They just want a simple service provided by somebody that they trust, someone that is safe and somebody that they feel comfortable with, which is something that nurses, you know, definitely can do. And, you know, as far as the communication piece of this, I think that nurses are very social. And I think that we really pride ourselves on having that communication with the senior population. And so we're really fitting to services here with our seniors. Not only are we providing senior foot care services for them, but we are also footing a bill, uh, that pun intended there, footing the bill for filling up their social cup. And this was something that was really proven during the pandemic. We would get a lot of patients that would come in for services um, that really didn't even need the service. And I would even say to them, I think you're okay. I just saw you a few weeks ago. And they would be like, oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted to come in and see you and chat and talk to somebody. Because during the pandemic, these people were, you know, alone in senior living facilities and they couldn't come out much. And so it was something that really has filled my heart as a nurse to be able to provide the service to a senior demographic while also filling their cup of, you know, social aspect as well as filling my own soul's cup, you know, with being able to get back to talking to them as a nurse to patient relationship. So it's been really something that's been great for me. Yeah, Heather, I love that story for so many reasons. One of which is that always we hear in marketing and sales, sell the feature, not the benefit. And my mom is a hairdresser. And so I can totally relate to her stories, just like what you just shared that, yeah, you do become an essential part of this person's life. And here we are talking about talking about foot services, people probably don't realize that whether it's someone taking care of their feet, someone taking care of their hair, all of these things come with that side social benefit. And especially for the aging population, it's even more important. But Heather, the other part of your story that I really want to dive into, I think you have a unique vantage point because you've been in business for a long time, which gosh, I think we need to celebrate longevity even more in the world of entrepreneurship. So kudos to you. But with that longevity comes perspective and comes the ability to look backwards and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing back then. You also simultaneously work with newer business owners because you help nurses transition into their own 
entrepreneurial journeys. So with that hat on, what are some of those things that you look back either at your beginning or what beginning entrepreneur nurses do today that you're just like, oh, if you think this is the way the world is, it's actually not. And here's the reality instead. I think that, you know, with our, what I've learned from nurses is that I think nurses are really scared to start a business. I think they don't have, a lot of times they are nervous because of what we have been taught and trained in school, uh, what we've been taught and trained within the hospital system. And I am the type of person that I like to push those envelopes and you know really explore what is possible outside of those walls. Um, those walls board us in, I think. And what I noticed when I started was I did not have somebody to you know help guide me through those channels of, you know, what do I do here? Or how do I do that? And so I'm a big advocate for, you know, if you want to go into certain businesses, seek a mentor to help you because there is so much time wasted and so much money wasted on the trial and error of figuring it out, especially if the business has already been created by somebody and they've already walked down that path. You know, the trial and error is what you're saving when you do invest into a business model such as what I've created, which is a online business program. And that is going to save you the trial and error of marketing, the trial and error of, you know, the taxes. How do I do the accounting? How do I you know, sell these services to not only, you know, seniors, but as well as directors of facilities. There's so many things that they don't know when they're doing this, that as you're going down that entrepreneurship journey, you don't know what you don't know until you get to those crossroads. And within our program, what we had determined uh, early on was that website building was an area that they were really struggling with. And I was like, you know what, I have somebody that helped me with my website, we can help you build your website as well. And so you're constantly adding things to your processes to make life easier for your community and for your members within, um, hopefully within your uh, course that you're building. There's a lot of communities out there now and people will take your money for anything. But I think that you have to deliver on that community. And that's something that I, you know, really am proud of within the Foot and Nail Institute community, because that's is something that if you have a problem and they put it out there and they're like, I'm kind of confused with this or how do I do that? We can be there to help guide them down that process um, and kind of get them over the hump of what do I do next? And that's what I was really, you know, and when I built this course, I did not want to build a course and just put it out there and say, okay, good luck and leave it at that because I knew that nurses were going to need somebody to walk down that path with. I knew that they were going to want that uh, relationship with somebody who had been through it, who has done on it who would you know fought the wars and been through different challenges of their own, which is something that has been fantastic. Had I started this back in 2011 when I launched Everyday Divinity, there's no way I would have been prepared to do what I do now. Um, but that is, you know, the trajectory of business building. You learn as you go and you grow, and then you can come out on the other side of that and share those tricks and tips to people um, to help save them from the, you know, the losses of time and money and effort. 
Yeah, and one dynamic that I'm particularly fascinated in by what you're doing with the Foot and Nail Institute is that when it comes to working with nurses, I would imagine that the golden handcuffs in some way plays into their entrepreneurial journey. For so many entrepreneurial journeys, that's true, but especially for nurses, nursing is a great career path and it comes with good salaries, it comes with good benefits, it comes with some level of job security, whatever perceived job security. As entrepreneurs, it's hard to talk about job security. I'm always like, one person could decide that you no longer have a job. But anyways, we won't get into that. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But what I think about is how much does that play into these nurses when they're learning from you and saying, I can start my own business, but like, why would I leave this job? How's the golden handcuffs play into it all? I think that what's happening in healthcare today is a lot of nurses, you know, the nurses are leaving the bedside quicker than they were before. The average nurse they're saying is leaving the bedside within two to five years, which is really scary. Years ago, we stayed the duration until we retired. But with the changes that are coming into healthcare, nurses are really starting to look at, you know, what is life quality? What is the lifestyle that I want to lead? You know, with that, we are also starting to entertain the idea of, you know, weighing the options of mental health versus salary. And so I think that nurses are really starting to look outside of those walls and they're like, wait a minute, there's nurses that have started businesses and nurses, I tell them, you know, on my informational webinars, I tell nurses that you've already equipped with everything you need to start a business. You know, nurses are accountable. We are, you know, we got through nursing school. That's not easy. Um, We are also good communicators. We are also clear communicators. And we are also good at marketing our services at the bedside. We don't even realize that we're doing this, but we are already doing a lot of the stuff that transitions into business development. We're already doing a lot of this stuff at the bedside. And so when they kind of get beyond those walls of their, you know, the typical normal job that we think of when nurses um, that are doing, you know, they start to realize that there is something that they can do and there is an offering that they can provide, you know, through a business, whether it is coaching or, you know, healthcare related stuff with diabetes or kidney transplants. There's just so many different things that are being uh, promoted out there by nurses now, you know, that they're realizing that they have a skill set and they have a knowledge base that people are willing to pay for. And I think that nurses is really at at some point they start to question would people really pay me for that and you know we're as the nurse entrepreneurs out here you know we're all screaming yes they will i think that what is hard for nurses is to accept money um i have nurses that are in the course that will say you know i got tipped what do I do with my tips? And we're like, well, th- those are your tips, you know? And so that's something that's just different for us as nurses because we don't typically get tipped in our day-to-day uh, jobs at the hospital and such. But there's just a different um, path here for nurses. And I think that when they start to really entertain the idea of, could I do this? And they really start to get excited again about their profession. Um, that is something that they really start to, you know, embark on as nurses and such. So I, I definitely see that this is going to continue to grow as far as nurse entrepreneurship goes. Um, and they are going to break out of the cuffs that I think that a lot of people have put on nurses um, as far as what we perceive to be a typical nurse, because we can deliver nursing type care in our business communities, um, just the same as we can in the hospital and probably make more money doing it. Um, because, you know, as if you're an employee, you're not going to make, you know, obviously what you could make as a solo entrepreneur, independent provider. So that's kind of something that we kind of strive to encourage and discuss out here in the nurse entrepreneurship world. 
Yes, amen to all of that because you so echo so much of what we stand for here at the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast is that entrepreneurship is the change vehicle not only for us as the entrepreneurs to build the lives that we want, but also it enables us to better serve our clientele. I love the example, actually. This is going back a few answers ago, but I love the example of what you're limited to when it comes to what you did bedside with clients and now you're able to genuinely serve them. Even hearing the but podiatrist saying, I wish you guys could do this. And and here you are actually going out there and doing that. So I love that. I want to transition a little bit talking about the actual business part of it, because it puts a smile on my face thinking about you helping all of these nurses around the entire country. And it's right on your your business's website, footandnailinstitute.com. Discover the perfect blueprint for your nursing business. I love blueprints. Talk to us about that blueprint, because a lot of people might think a business is a website. A lot of people might think a business is more like what we traditionally view as freelancing. What to you makes a nursing business a business? I think that if you can build something that you see as a gap in the healthcare system, and that can be so many different things. I think that, you know, I get nurses who will reach out to me on social media and such, and they'll say, you know, I have done, you know, labor and delivery for many years. What can I do? Um, On TikTok, I have a lot of people who will send me questions, actually. It's interesting because they'll send me questions on TikTok, and I will respond to them with a video, kind of guiding them. Think about things that you can do. Specifically, I would say labor and delivery. I tell people, you know, think about when you go home with a new baby, you don't know what to do. And so if you have somebody that you can kind of help guide, get the, the nursery ready, get the home ready, what to look for when you bring the baby home, what are some signs that you need to call the doctor for, um, what kind of things can happen with the baby, how to treat those little ailments that go on with newborns and such. Those are the types of things that if you can speak to that and educate to that, people will pay for that. And so you take that and you kind of transition that into all different aspects of nursing because there's always something there. Uh, Preoperatively, you know, we do in the hospital, we do pre-op teaching and we do post-op teaching and we do discharge planning and discharge teaching. And it's very fast and it's, you know, very limited because we have so much to do inside the hospital system. Um, And so a lot of times we don't have that time. We run through it fast. We run through it quickly and we're like, okay, here we go sign here now you're on your way and a lot of times these people get home and are like i don't know what to do like i don't know how to get my husband you know to the bathroom you know he just had surgery how do i do this there's just so many things that people would love to be able to say how do i set up my home for my you know spouse that's coming home like status post knee surgery how do i you know what things do i need to have in place to implement a smooth transition post-operatively or whatever it be and so i tell people that there are just so many facets that nurses provide on a day-to-day basis to the market that you know these people were willing to pay for that information and to pay for that support um And so I think that with nurses, it's unlimited, you know, where you can go with this and what you can do as far as building a business. Building a business is hard. I don't ever tell anybody it's easy. You know, it starts with an idea and then you kind of 
book around that framework. You build it uh, around that, you know, who is your ideal client? Who are you going to market your services to? How are you going to market to them? How are you going to get in front of them? Where are they at? You know, and so you have to focus on that. Would your ideal client be willing to pay for your services? Just because you have a great idea doesn't mean it's going to work. Is there a need in the market? Is anybody else serving that market? Um, Are you first to market? Like I was first to market. So there was a lot of educating that took place in my business because everybody was like, you're a foot care nurse. I've never heard of that. So there was a lot of educating with that, Um, you know, as well as obviously building the website and doing the social media marketing. And are you going to run ads? How do you run ads? I do a lot of self-teaching and I love that. I have always loved to um, continue to self-develop and learn. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, Google and YouTube can be your best friends if you utilize them properly. And you know how to, you know, read the tea leaves and read what is right, what is wrong and how to, you know, implement those services within your business. But you really have to know what works and know what not to do. Um, And so I tell people, you know, it's a lot of self-discipline owning a business because you don't have a boss telling you, be here at this time, do this tomorrow. It is a lot of self-accountability and there's a lot of working in the evenings in the beginning of this. There's a lot of working on the weekends. There is times in my life where I have worked on the holidays um, to make this successful. And so there's just a lot of, you know, grit that goes into this. But if you love what you're doing, and I tell people, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's so true. If you love what you're doing, you really don't look at it as, oh, I'm working again. I don't ever look at my days as, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Um, I'm very excited come Sunday night. You know, I know Sunday nights people get, you know, kind of upset like, oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. It's Monday. Oh, no, I've got the, you know, agenda written out what I plan to conquer that week and how I'm going to do that. And so I'm excited for Monday morning, um, which is something that I don't think a lot of people can say in healthcare. And that's unfortunate. But I think that there are so many good players on the field in healthcare, and they're just getting burned out by the system and the infrastructure of itself. And so I really hope if there's somebody out there that's listening, thinking, I think I could do something and I have an idea, this is your sign, do it, try it, go for it, because you will not regret even just trying to do something. Um, Put the work into it, put the heart into it and put the grit into it. And it really does deliver once you get it going. Yes, listeners, you know how much I like to call out to you pieces where I feel like go back, re-listen to that answer. And this is one of those moments because all of those questions that Heather just listed, you see how automated it is for her because she does this for a living. But all of those questions, who's your ideal customer? How do you market to them? Where are they? All of those questions, go back and listen to them. Because if you can't answer those questions, then you are missing key ingredients of your blueprint when it comes to growing your business. So I love that overview, Heather, as well as you called out one of the key entrepreneurial traits is for sure grit and you have that in abundance and I love that you put that into center focus for listeners here today. As this episode comes up, I don't want to let you go just yet, Heather. I want to squeeze in a couple more questions for you and one of those questions is just strategically thinking because I don't know what it is like to be a nurse. I also don't know what the healthcare field is like but in my head, I'm wondering how much of this is about partnerships. If I'm a nurse who's starting my own business, can I go to private practices and say, hey, Dr. So, And so this is what I do. If you've got these patients, I'd love referrals is partnerships. Like how is it being, I guess my broader question is how is this movement? Because I agree with you, it's only going to grow. How's it being received within the world of healthcare on a public level as well as on a private practice level? 
I think that over the last couple of years, we are starting to see more primary care physicians coming about, um, whether that is in primary care physicians as far as family medicine, but we also are starting to see it happening within our pharmaceutical area as well. And so I think that, you know, the consumer is starting to realize um, that these changes that are coming down, you know, we don't have to put up with so much stuff. We can have choices for ourselves. Um, and I think that, you know, as more providers become um, more transparent out there and go into primary care, I think that this is something that's going to start growing. And we're already starting to see that we have uh, physicians that are teaching and training other physicians how to launch their own primary care business and, you know, how to do a cash priced based model and you know that that this is something that is becoming very successful among those physicians they have um much more happiness because we're not in the hospital system anymore and so i think that you know the partnerships that i have noticed that have taken place is a lot of times we are being you know contacted by people who are still working in the system they're like hey i work for such and such you know i actually have a very large um group here in Columbus that they are always calling me for our services and they are you know obviously part of a very large medical group here and they don't have anybody to provide the service so it's so easy for them to call us and to find one of the service providers that we have here in Ohio they can then contact them and set up those appointments um, but that is just some, something that's going to become a growing trend because what's happening is you know if these services aren't available within the insurance realm people are going to start looking elsewhere and they're like where else can I go to get these types of services? I actually had a dentist reach out to me recently who wanted to know about setting up a primary um, business model for her dental practice because at the end of the day, she's not making you know a lot of that money because of so many um, of the insurance claims are being denied. And so this is something that I think everybody is starting to kind of look at and think, can I do this too in dental? Can I do this in you know different medical aspects that we normally would not have thought of it? But this was something that I think is starting to grow and I think people are starting to do it. And I think that the consumer actually likes it. Um, there's no hidden fees. There's no hidden agendas. There is very much transparency in the medicine world. And that's going to be something I think that's going to continue to grow. In foot care, yes, we have been, you know, contacted by podiatrists who would like to work with us. I'll send you, you know, my patients. You know, if you see anything, send the patients to me if you want. We don't do referrals because we're independent providers. So it's basically, you know, just like, hey, this is what I've noticed. You should seek your primary care physician and just let them know about this. We don't do the referral stuff. So we're not doing Stark laws and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we don't get involved in that because we don't have coding. We're not, we're primary, we're just a basic private pay model. And so that is something that's really worked out for us. And I think that it's going to continue to grow and it's going to scale in different um, industries for sure in the healthcare industry. So it's exciting to see um, how it's happening and how it's growing in different markets for sure. Heather, I'm going to call that out right there because I absolutely love what you did with that question. And I think it really reveals so much of your approach to business because here I was wondering, how does this model, this model of basically healthcare entrepreneurship fit into traditional healthcare? And you took it and flipped it right on its head. And you said, customers love it. 
And it's really is. It starts with that consumer. And, and what I heard in that answer is it's consumer driven. If you are offering a better service or a more appropriate service at the right price, that's more user friendly. That's the win right there. So yeah, in my head, as soon as you start saying it, I was like, that's the obvious answer. It, it is consumer driven. And it's so much about the way that you approach it is you're always thinking about that consumer. And you're right. I'm going to give a shout out to nurses. I think that's where nurses really excel is you guys all think about the patients. You are are the ones that actually serve them bedside. So a natural fit right there. Gosh, Heather, we covered so many topics here today. You know, if you've heard this show before, listeners know I like to give my guests the hard part of every episode, which is how on earth do we summarize this? What is an action that you want listeners to take? Having heard about all these different fundamental business questions, strategy, starting out, the self-doubt, all of this stuff in mind, what's something you hope every listener takes away from today's conversation? that, you know, we have to turn off the noise. And I think that we really have to get to a place where we sit with ourselves and ask what it is that we want. You know, what do we want out of life? What do we want for our lifestyle? Um, and there's so much noise, you know, in the world anymore, whether it's social media or whether it's, you know, our coworkers, colleagues, family, our bosses, our friends, there's a lot of noise. And so I think that what ends up happening a lot of times is that we ignore a lot of our inner calling, uh, what it is that we're supposed to be doing here on this earth and we kind of just get sidetracked with what everyone else is doing um, and so it's really hard in when there's so much going on in the world today for us to really you know and, and it's funny because i teach my son this you know i'm always like don't look to the left and the right and worry about what everything else is doing worry about you and what is your path forward and how are you going to get there and you have to take steps to implement that and you have to take the appropriate steps to make that happen it's not going to happen for you just because you wish it away you know and you want it to happen for you um but you have to put those steps in place and you have to know what you can do and when you get to a place Place where you're like, oh, I think I need help in this area. Seek help. Don't just stop because you hit a bump or a roadblock. You know, learn. Try to self-teach yourself. That's the cheapest way to do it. But if you can afford to seek help, or if you have a mentor or a friend or somebody who is in some type of business that can help you, you know, take them to lunch. Invite them to um, coffee, and you know kind of pick their brain a little bit because you'd be surprised. A lot of people are kind of forthcoming with the information, especially when it's development of business and stuff. They really like to um, talk about that kind of stuff. So I always tell people, you know, the resources are out there for you to utilize. You just have to put the time and effort into it and you have to invest the time and effort into yourself. And by that, you have to turn off all of the distractions that take up our day. Um, and so that's something that I'm always, you know, I, I struggle with myself as well. Uh, there's times that I'm like, oh, I really need to, you know, work out more. And I need to, you know, some days I get up and with the intention of working out and then I end up in my office doing emails and then the day starts going. Next thing you know, it's 12 o'clock and I haven't worked out yet. And so it's something that I have to work on myself and it is a struggle. But that is something that, you know, we all have to look inward and decide what it is best for us and how are we going to get there and what sacrifices are we going to have to make to make those transitions happen. But I can tell tell you, after being in business all these years, it is just the greatest thing that I have done for myself as a nurse. I love what I do. I love working with nurses and I love working with seniors. Um, and so this is something that has definitely filled my cup of love for my profession again. Um, and I think that there's a lot of nurses out there and people in healthcare that are kind of, you know, the cup is draining and they know that. And so this is something that I, you know, I want to give hope 
to people and say, this is a possibility for you to find another path in your career. Um, don't be afraid to look outside of those uh, standard walls that we're so used to being boxed into. Yes, listeners, I'll tell you what, if you are one of the ones that takes Heather's advice in that answer right there, you are going to start to find that the juice is worth the squeeze. I can so relate to Heather there. It's not easy, but holy cow, does it literally change your life. So I love that that's where you went with that advice, Heather. And towards that end, what I'm really thinking about is all the different times that in this interview here today, you've just exemplified for us that you literally see opportunities opportunity everywhere. And it's pervasive in everything that you say up until the very end here. So I so appreciate that. You obviously have so much experience in this, but I think a lot of it starts with in between your ears. I think your mindset really helps you see all of those opportunities and take action on it. When you combine it with that grit that we talked about, it's just, it's the recipe for success. And Heather, I will say this publicly. I do think you are a pioneer when it comes to the industry of nursing entrepreneurship. I think this is going to be a huge wave that we're all so excited to follow from here, which is a great transition. The stage is yours. Drop those links on us. Tell listeners where they should go to learn more about all the awesome work that you're doing personally with the Foot and Nail Institute. Where should they go from here? So I am on LinkedIn under Heather Wilson. And I'm also, you can look up our website at thefootandnailinstitute.com. I am also on Instagram, Foot and Nail Institute, um, as well as Facebook. And we are also on uh, TikTok. I'm actually on TikTok more than any other social platform, to be honest. That's kind of where I like to be. So on TikTok, I am a uh, F&I foot care nurse. And you can find me there and get all kinds of tips and tricks as far as uh, nurse entrepreneurship and nurse building. And so I kind of put some videos in there and speak to that community as well. So you guys can find me there. And I think that's it. I think that sums it up. Yes, listeners, you know the drill. And Heather, I'm actually going to call it out. I feel like you are made for TikTok because your energy is incredible. You're so generous with the way that you share. And and you're so, you say exactly what we need to hear with regards to any questions that people have or the way to go about this stuff. Because you obviously have such a level-headed mindset when it comes to solving these problems. And really ask, it's, it's really at the fundamental root of it is you ask those questions. You question everything around you. So I love that. Listeners, definitely go check out Heather on TikTok as well as at her website, footandnailinstitute.com, as well as at her on LinkedIn. We're linking to all of those resources that Heather just mentioned down below in the show notes, wherever it is that you're tuning in. Otherwise, Heather, thank you so much for joining us and being so generous with us here today on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a great opportunity and I look forward to watching your success grow as you are just now coming out of seven years. So I'm excited to see how you're gonna take this and grow it and build it even bigger than what you've done in the first seven years. So thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much, Heather. Hey, it's Brian here, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. If you haven't checked us out online, there's so much good stuff there. Check out the show's website and all the show notes that we talked about in today's episode at theentrepreneurshow.com. And I just want to give a shout out to our amazing guests. There's a reason why we are ad-free and have produced so many incredible episodes five days a week for you. And it's because our guests step up to the plate. These are not sponsored episodes. 
These are not infomercials. Our guests help us cover the costs of our productions. They so deeply believe in the power of getting their message out in front of you, awesome entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that they contribute to help us make these productions possible. So thank you to not only today's guests, but all of our guests in general. And I just want to invite you, check out our website because you can send us a voicemail there. We also have live chat. If you want to interact directly with me, go to the wantrepreneurshow.com, initiate a live chat. It's for real me. And I'm excited because I'll see you as always every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast.